Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio's ESL podcast. And today, we're going to be diving into storytelling. So, what I want to ask you guys is, what do you think are the key features of a good story or anecdote? So, what is an anecdote? Obviously, that's a story that you tell people, you know, something interesting or funny that has happened to you, right? And so, the art of storytelling is the most important. First and foremost, people are attracted to your story. You know, because on my ESL podcast, I've had to keep it like very, very, uh, something that we could relate to, obviously it being an English basis. So I don't share so much about what I've been through, obviously out here in Thailand. But what ends up happening is, you know, my brand is attached to my story. And if it wasn't for what I had to go through out here in Thailand, I wouldn't be doing the ESL podcast I'm doing today, right? And so what I want you guys to think when it comes to your brand, when it comes to you telling stories, for you to become a very interesting person, again, obviously asking the right questions in which I've already explained to you, but you have to be very anecdotal. Meaning you have to be really, really good at telling stories. Not, I'm not talking about being the best storyteller in the world like Matthew McConaughey, right? But you have to be able to explain a story in such a way that people are just unbelievably captivated by it. And then what you got to do is look at through your life and look at the 10 best stories of your life, of your life. And this is what's going to end up being a powerful storyteller, because of course, there are a lot of people out there who haven't lived long enough and they're not able to relate Right, so if we look at storytelling, let me give you an example. So people who haven't gone through hardships, it's very difficult for them to tell stories because they haven't been there in the grit. So let me give you an example, Gary Vee. You guys probably don't know him, he's just an entrepreneur. He's very popular about three years ago. But the thing is with all his talks, it had the same basis. There was nothing new. He wasn't able to relate to audiences, although he talked about what they had been experiencing in terms of their business, and he was very good at Q&A. But every presentation always started off with him being born in Soviet Russia, uh, him owning wine, not necessarily owning wine, but wine brewery, but making his father's business one of the top wine brands and uh, businesses in the country. But that's it. There's no more anecdotes behind that. But if you go watch and listen to uh, Matthew McConaughey's story in terms of him being in a Western African country and, you know, him wrestling like the, the, the tribesman king and stuff like that, it is so unbelievably captivating that you want even more and more and more, right? So some of you probably know and love and have grown to love my stories in regards to me traveling and whatnot. But if you guys want to get, if you guys want to be really good at storytelling, you're going to have to start thinking of different things and feel the feelings that you experienced during these things. Remember, I told you about, you know, 2006, right? Me being stuck on top of a mountain, right? This is one of the craziest moments of my life, right? With my friend. And we ended up being rescued by a helicopter. Of course, that policeman looked us dead in our eyes as if we were the dumbest people on the planet. And he took us one by one down that mountain. And there was a crowd, obviously, of about 15 to 20 people waiting there saying, oh my God, what happened? Well, we got stuck. There was no other way back down. And so, obviously, you guys may have heard that story in a different way. But you guys would probably say, you know what, could you please explain that more in detail? See, that's me 
obviously giving you a story, but that's, but I can also tell it from a reliving standpoint. How can I relive a story and feel those feelings as if you are feeling it and you are there, right? So let's give you a, let, let me give you a couple of things that you guys could actually flirt, uh, flirt with and, you know, obviously write down in a journal to start building that storytelling up. Um, have you ever been stopped by the police, right? That's probably not the best thing that you want to talk about, but how about who was your favorite teacher and who was your least favorite teacher? Okay, what was the best holiday that you had ever had and what was the worst holiday that you have, had, you have ever had or had you had ever had? There we go, past perfect, okay? Or you could do present perfect that you have ever had, leading from the past up until now. So let's go into this, okay? Who was uh, your least favorite teacher at school or lecturer at university? Why didn't you like them? Can you remember an incident that was typical of that person? Who was involved? What happened? What was the outcome? Did it change your point of view in a way or did it confirm what you had already thought? Now, if I look at all my teachers and the first teacher that comes to mind is obviously a Mr. Rayner, uh, my sixth grade, but I can't really remember that so much. I just know that anytime I back talked him, he just sent me up to the Dean's office. And it wasn't until about three months before I ended up going to seventh grade that he said, oh, you know, that I ended up being a good student and I never had a problem with him anymore. So there's not much behind, right, uh, that's inspiring in a way that I could tell it in an anecdotal way that you guys would be attached to it. But something that's more positive, I could easily see or easily talk about my two best teachers, one being in high school, one obviously being in college. So let me give you Mr. Blackburn. Let me introduce you to him because you guys are relatable to him. So I remember my first day of English two in sophomore year of high school. I go into this classroom with some random ass students and I see this guy standing with a very old suit and a haircut that I had never seen before. Mr. Blackmer. This guy was probably way over 60 years old and he stood there and he lectured us and spoke with some of the biggest words. This guy spoke for literally 50 minutes standing on his feet about what was going to be required in that class. And people weren't laughing, but people were like, holy shit, towards the end of class, I need to get the hell out of here. So I remember I actually wrote a letter to one of the counselors and I said, listen, he said that this is a college preparatory class away, far away from college. And they were like, no, all English two are the same. And I said, that is a lie, okay? His class is completely different. And to be honest with you, that was the biggest lesson in disguise because they helped me. They helped me in a way that said, you know what, you're going to have to face your fear of you possibly felling out of the class. Now, yes, I ended up having a B overall throughout the year, but there was one day that Mr. Blackmer ended up being such a huge influence and scared the hell out of me when we started dissecting sentences. We're talking the subject, the verb, the noun, the adjective, the adverb, the preposition, all that good stuff in which that I'm treating, uh, you know, teaching you guys in my TOEFL ITP podcast. Guys, I cannot kid you. I remember there was a girl by the name of Oneda and Oneda was from Mexico. Now, I don't know if she had immigrated or was it just her parents that immigrated because her parents could not speak English. So they had come to America, right? Oneda, I believe that she was actually born in America, but she came from a two language household. But she was the one that had to teach me an entire Sunday what dissecting sentences were. 
And I ended up in, you know, and I couldn't believe it because she's the same person that probably said later on that year, as a matter of fact, that she's, well, you know, was correcting my essay. She was like, you need to bury your words. And I said, excuse me, bury your words. And I said, what the hell does that mean? You know, she's like, uh, you keep using the same words over and over. And this coming from someone where English was not her first language, you could understand how, how demoralizing and dehumanizing that could be for me. But I took it in a way that I was like, you know what, you're right. You're right. And I ended up just completely not only blowing that class, but all my English two classes and even going into college where I was influenced by some students from the East Coast United States. And again, her name was Shayla. And she said, while I was sitting in that dormitory one night, she was correcting my essay. She said, Arsenio, you keep reusing the same words over and over. A year later, I had an English two, uh, what is it? English 201, 211 class? I can't remember. College, online. This was back in 2008, people. And I remember the teacher said, hey, Arsenio, you know what? Your essays are so good. I'm giving you Bs. And the simple reason is that, you know, you don't use linkers. You don't use transitional words or phrases. If you put those into your papers, I'll give you A's. I got an A plus later on. And then I realized that I did have a significant threshold on the English language. Now, remember, I came from a household and I came from an environment and I came from you know, a blueprint, a social blueprint where you didn't have people speaking in such sentences. But when I got to high school, I ended up having those different types of, what is I? I ended up having those different types of students that would use big words, but I thought it was all for clout. I thought it was all for, I thought it was like Morse code. I thought they were trying to you know, they, they were disrespecting me. And, you know, some people would ask me, do you know what the word verbatim means? Do you know what this means? Do you know what that means? And I'm like, no, and I don't want to know. Thank you very much. But I took it very, very personal, as you can see. But instead, I ended up building it up. And obviously, me being that coach, that instructor, that mentor, whatever you want to call me, I don't use big words because obviously, I think only about 20% or less, for sure, of the world is educated. Now, the people who are absolutely fluent in, like not fluent in English, but know all the big words, we're talking the Dartmouth University students, the Harvard University students, the Yale, the Cornell, all, the Penn, the people that use those very big four to seven syllable, multi-syllable words, that's only for minus 1% of the population on planet Earth. And am I, is that my market? No. So I'm not, and you're not going to hear me use these very, very big words. Obviously in season eight, season nine, when we start talking about very technical stuff, especially the investment podcast in which I'm actually diving very deep into that. But because you guys would say, oh, well, what happens if I start saying extremely big words? What's going to happen to you? You're going to say, I don't know English. My confidence is dropping. Maybe I should go back to this season. Oh, maybe I should develop my vocabulary. Some people always talk about developing vocabulary, but they don't have a systematic approach. You have to learn vocabulary in context, right? We have to look at the different genres in which you actually speak about on a routine basis, traveling, right? That story, have you, what was the best holiday you ever had? You should be able to literally dive into that specific event and talk about that holiday is what I'm trying to tell you. So, when I look at Mr. Blackmer and the outcome and the point of view and how I ended up changing, he was the one, 2003 to 2004, he was the one that ended up pushing me in a way to like, literally, it's your language, you own your language. 
and you have to be able to, now I didn't know I was going to end up becoming a teacher almost 20 years later. Right. But when you become a teacher, understand that you're not going to be using these very big words because that's not what your market is. And no one cares about those big ass adjectives. Okay. They care about how can they develop? What can they take away from your podcast? What confidence? How can they begin to develop that confidence? The fluent speaking. How can they start telling anecdotal stories, especially from a TOEFL IBT speaking question part one and an IELTS speaking one, two, and three from those perspectives. And not only that, but in a business setting, how can they become a more interested person? How can they ask better follow-up questions? This isn't about who has the biggest uh, threshold and arsenal of multi-syllable words. No, it's about how can you show up and make an impact on people's lives? Not only through the art of storytelling, but in general. Mr. Blackman really made me start like pushing that. And my last favorite teacher, I'm going to give you this story because obviously I'm not going to dive into the best holiday and the, be the worst holiday in this podcast or else it would be like 40 minutes. But the second best teacher I ever had was Karen Mulcahy. That's when I was doing my dental assistant. In 2009, starting off as one of the worst years of my life, it ended up being one of the most unbelievable years of my life. At that time, 2009, obviously, uh, you know, 2020 and 2021 have just completely surpassed that. But um, if I look back, and I had that conversation and I saw those beautiful blue eyes, Karen Mulcahy, okay, she's probably over 70 already, retired, probably living back in Minnesota. She told me, she pulled me aside. She said, Arsenio, you know, you can't teach personality. She said this 12 years ago, but what you have is going to take you a long way. I never understood that. It's just like when Shayla, going back to the girl who graded my paper back in college, in the dormitories back in Arizona in 2007, she heard me singing. And you know, I was singing uh, uh, All For One or Soul For Real, as it was formerly known as. And she heard me singing the song, I Swear. And I remember, you know, we were talking about music and I was like, oh no, I don't really sing. She's like, yes, you do. I heard your voice. You have a very nice voice. And that was the most beautiful compliment I had ever received in my life. Going back to Karen Mulcahy, the personality. And I said, wait, what? I, I didn't know I had an unbelievable personality. To be honest with you, based on some of the impressions of these girls that are in class, I don't think they're completely unappreciative of what I do and deliver in the persona and the charisma and the benevolence that I have. Now, charisma is the power of influence. Guys, I am a protagonist. I am a leader. I have the same personality as Oprah Winfrey, Morpheus of the Matrix, Oracle of the Matrix, um, what is it, uh, Barack Obama. I am an ENFJ. I'm 2% of the population. Let's just put it that way, right? And so I have that charisma, whereas I can influence my listeners as it is stated. Crazy. Who would have ever thought I would have created a podcast five years ago, one being one of the best podcasts in the world? Who would have ever thought that? I had no idea. But Caramel K, he planted these seeds in my subconscious mind and making me believe, Arsenio, understand your potential and what you can bring to this world. And when I finally, two years later, moved to Australia, sure enough, I started understanding. A lot of dental offices were calling this dental temp agency. Arsenio, are you free this day? They booked you, they booked you, they booked you, they booked you. Arsenio, oh my God, we love you so much. I remember one time I finished uh, you know, a dental, what is it, one of the, uh, uh, my, my days of work at a place that was like in CBD in the heart of Sydney, Australia, right? 
And I forgot the, the dentist's name, but he's like, hey, let's go get some drinks. And I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm down for that. And I'm like, dude, the dentist is taking me for drinks. And we went up to this bar, very nice area. He's like, dude, what do you want? Double shot. Okay. Hey, you want another double shot? Okay, I got you. It was the craziest thing I had ever done. Of course, he ended up, I think he's from Malaysia. He could have been from Thailand, Malaysia, or uh, it, was in a, it was a Southeast Asian country for sure. I don't believe he was from Taiwan. He definitely wasn't from Korea, China, or Thailand. Could have possibly been from Hong Kong. Not exactly sure. <gasps> Maybe. There's a good chance he was from Hong Kong. But nonetheless, like, when you get taken out by dentists or when, or, or when people, are, you know, invite you over for a Christmas party or a Christmas dinner or out to lunch, that same dental office, because that dental office was comprised of Malaysian uh, dentists, uh, I forgot her name, Min, M-I-N-H, who knows? It could have been a combination of Vietnamese, Malaysian, uh, Korean. Uh, there was another guy from the Middle East. I think it was a Taiwanese, uh, uh, Indonesian for sure. There was a lot of different, like they would invite me to lunch because they're like, dude, we love what he brings. And I was still just a shell of myself. So through storytelling, through being able to tell my story and have these people when I was at a young age who told me, and when I was, when I turned 21 that year, you know, my, you know, my dental assistant instructor, Caramel K, he said, I can't teach personality, but what you have is going to take you a long way. Unfortunately, being here out here in Thailand for the first, um, what is it, the first three years, and then finally being advertised as the popular teacher just as a way of actually getting in students. Um, I didn't really understand. I, I kind of just let that go because obviously with the things I had to overcome externally in regards to skin and colorism and whatnot, you just kind of forget about who you are and you focus and you become what the limiting beliefs have been beset on you. But then when I finally came back and I started doing my personal development podcast and I started doing my ESL podcast, that's when I ended up coming out my shell and how I get these speaking engagements. And I have courses and coaching students all around the world and doing some of the biggest things that is all in my vision. And it's my service that I wanna put out to the world. Who would have ever imagined? So in giving you these stories, you kind of just got lost and you probably got even, you could relate to this in a way. This is why you need to get good at storytelling. And again, you could go on YouTube. I'm, I'll probably have to bring people on who are very good at storytelling at some point. And I still need to tell some stories from my perspective and whatnot. But guys, the anecdotes are everything, especially in the world of business. If you could sit down with someone you do not know and strike up a conversation and listen to them and say, you know, have you ever, uh, have you ever been here before? Uh, and then relate it back and say, I'll never forget the time when I did this, or it was when I was at, mm, and at that time, this ended up happening. And then people might say, hey, then what happened? How'd you feel about that? And the thing is, when you become an excellent listener and a great conversationalist, put the word feel into your questions. How did you feel about that, Arsenio? Tell me how'd you feel when you felt broken, broken back in 2014, when you felt like everything was against you and you were in some of the darkest times of your life, even the darkest, like that darkest mindset of your life. How did you feel about that? See, I could literally tell a story from the beginning to end and it's not going to be a pity party. It's going to be a vision party. So get very good at asking questions and becoming a good listener in a way saying, how'd you feel about that? What ended up happening after that? 
what did you develop into? See, these are phenomenal questions that people are going to be like, man, you're very good, not only at listening, but asking questions. You know what? Let's get back together. Here's my card. Get what I mean, people. This is called developing your skills, your techniques, your anecdotes, becoming a phenomenal listener. So in saying that, we got a lot more that we're going to be diving into. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Oh, I just wanted to give a shout out. Um, I was... um. Just yesterday, uh, a Brazilian had followed me. Of course, a lot of my beautiful Brazilians follow me. Big shout out to my Brazilians. And finally, my Japanese are following me on my Instagram page, Arsenio ZSL Podcast. And so I've had two Japanese follow me, okay? The first Japanese that had ever followed me in my life was just two weeks ago, okay? I've been doing this podcast for three years and two months, Okay, and it took that long and they are the number two on my list with the downloads, right? So I never quite understood it because my Brazilians, they always follow me. My Taiwanese, no. So you Taiwanese out there in Taipei and Taichung, y'all better get it together and y'all better follow me. Stop playing with me. But anyways, I wanted to give a shout out to this Brazilian who had followed me because he's like, hey, I saw you on an Instagram story from this guy. I'm, I'm, been meant, uh, I'm meant to follow you. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, who is he? And he said his name and I checked him out and I'm like, I don't know him. He has a private profile, impact, influence, those two eyes. People are sharing my podcast on IG stories and then other people are now following me. So big shout out to my Brazilians. And you know, when I, uh, when I got, you know, big shout out to Anna, you know, she's from Japan, not exactly sure where, but when she ended up following me, I asked her, I was like, hey, so where are you from? And I thought she was like from, I wasn't exactly sure because Anna, Anna could be anything. Anna could be Vietnam. Anna could even be obviously out here in Thailand. Anna could be Singapore. I was like, oh, she's probably Singapore. And she said Japan. I said, oh my God. Oh, Jesus. I'm not religious, but I said, Jesus. No, the answers, the answers, whatever it is out there, the energy, the vibrational match, the universe, they are finally bringing all my wonderful folks to me. So I just want to give a special shout out. Again, guys, if you're not following me on my ESL podcast page, get your ass over there. This is the Arsenio's ESL podcast page. If you do a quick Google search, Arsenio's ESL podcast, Instagram, boom, there I will be, okay? Give me a shout out. Tag me in your stories. Tell me what you think. Communicate with me. Don't be afraid, people. I speak to everyone of all different shapes, sizes, colors, and ages. I do not give a damn. We are all humans. We are all uniquely gifted and divine. You get your ass over there and hurry up and follow me. And with that being said, guys, I'm going to close this bad boy out. As always, I'm your crazy host, over and out.